Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Sup, Powerful Nonsenses? Hello. We are back in your ear holes for another wunderbar episode. That's right. No. Changing it up a little bit. <laughs> of the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, if you are joining us for the first time. I am Wayne Ingram. And I am Jem Yildiz. And this is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the Millennial Podcast. I was going to say, Ich bin Jem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Are no. we trying to branch out to a uh, German market? German market. <laughs> Guten Tag. Das ist gut. Wie heißt Jem? You see, I don't know my German much beyond <laughs> those two phrases. Yeah. Ja. Nein. That's, That's it. About it. Just offending all Oh, Germans. and my favourite German phrase... Meine linke blinker ist kaputt. Which translates to? My left indicator is broken. <laughs> <laughs> Very useful. Yeah, it is. It's, it sucks if your right indicator is broken, because I don't know what right is in German. Correct. Anyway, um, enough, enough about indicators and, and the German language. <laughs> we have got a different episode. I think this one's going to be a bit different. We're going to whiz through the story of the week a little bit today. Uh, a lot of the focus is going to be on uh, what millennials are or are not killing this week. But let's just let's just jump straight into uh, our quote of the week. So, this one comes from Jim Rohn. An interest. This one's a curious one. Um, but I. Th- I think I get where where it's coming from. You selected this one again, Jim. Yes. You're yeah. often our quote of the week curator. The quote meister. I like the to quote be referred meister. to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that how long that lasts. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you selected this one, and I think I understand why. But anyway, so the quote's from Jim Rohn, and the quote is: "Become a good student, a student of the obvious." And I think this kind of goes down to everybody's kind of looking for these magic bullets or these kind Mm -hmm. of really detailed ways to actually win at life or do well. And I think what Jim Rohn says is actually is very basic, like some of the general things you need to do. You need to work hard. You need to enjoy what you do. You need to look after your health. You need to be a good, friendly person. And I think a lot of the time we try to make things super Mm. complex and he's just saying, just go back to the basics. It's very simple. It will take, it's not going to get you there overnight, but actually if you just follow some basic rules, Mm. you'll get what you want out of life. And I think we have a problem in our society where I guess where that's why a lot of books come out on every single element of living or every single element of what, how to look after your health or business and this and that. It's just like follow these basic Mm. principles. And I think that's why we both, really love the OG Gary V because that's basically his whole thing as well is the same thing. It's like, don't 
don't kind of drink the Kool-Aid of your own excuses. Work freaking hard. Do the right thing. Love your family. Be passionate about what you're doing. The rest will follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, and that's the kind of the thing that I think we have learned a lot as we've been doing this podcast and going through our own journeys, which is actually, yeah, just don't, don't overcomplicate it. Just, just do, just, just experiment, see what works. And if it doesn't work, try something else and, um, don't listen to too many other people's opinions, follow your gut and just all that sort of stuff. And actually what we have learned and witnessed from working with students and things like that is actually those universal principles are universal. They do apply to all different sorts of businesses um, and, and dreams and ambitions and whatever. They all apply, even if it just means that, you, you know, you want to get to the top uh, executive level of, of the corporation you're working for. It all still applies. You work hard. You, you're a good person. You do the right thing. It just all applies. And if you can apply it, then do and and you'll see results from it cool so time to jump in to the story of the week so we've been banging on about this for some time um which is why we're not going to spend too much time on the story of the week this week. But um, an article came out uh, on marketwatch.com by Jacob Passy. Full credit, where credit <laughs> is due. To be honest, this article was on many other sites, but it was, oh, was it? the one I clicked first. Oh, I see. Not saying that Jacob Passy's is any better or worse than well, yeah, anyone I mean, else's the, article. But this is the one that we are, we are basing <laughs> our... Uh, this segment off of is this particular report. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as you say, it's all information that has been about on other websites, just for clarity's sake. <laughs> so um, we've been banging on about this for some time, but reports are coming out now about basically just, again, kind of saying what we've say, said for a long time, which is um, really the amount of rent that students, it's not students, sorry, millennials are paying between now and age 30 is just ridiculous and actually had they just kind of not paid that (laughs) they could probably get a deposit for a house yeah so they say it's around well this is in american dollar so ninety two thousand six hundred pound is the average that a millennial pay who is between the ages of 22 to 30 so that's like eight years worth of rent Mm. and i'm pretty sure i might be wrong here i might be wrong it has happened um and also, the States is so vast, I suppose it probably balances out, actually, theoretically. But I've got a feeling that the housing market in the States, and this is purely hunch, that is actually in a better position than ours in the sense of supply and demand. Yeah, but they have... The thing with the States, some locations are ridiculous. Right, rent, yeah. Like New York yeah, is like, crazy. Uh, that, well, that's why I was like... Because it's so vast, I think it'll mm. probably balance out anyway. Because, yeah, 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 New York is like, you know... It makes, cars, it makes it makes London look actually not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it probably balances out. But yeah, anyway, carry on. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see. I guess what's that sort of money in UK ninety so probably about sixty, seventy K is that? Yeah, the, the pound versus the dollar has, has changed it's it's drastically changed recently. The pound's got strengthens against the dollar quite a lot. Um But that makes about sense, doesn't it? So eight years you're likely to pay around ten K, maybe seven K 
Mm. Average rent, what is that like in London? Average rent in London is probably Six around to 800 yeah. per, like for one single person. Yeah, so call it just short of a, a grand. So yeah, probably you're paying about around 10, 11K for the average person a year in London. Um, so let's say that you've then moved um, to London when you're about 20, 21, because you just finished uni. So you paid nine to 10 years of, of rent before you get to about 30. It's, yeah, not unreasonable to say, yeah, probably about 100K in rent yeah. in 10 years. And that's what the article's saying. It's like, well, actually, if millennials weren't paying such high rents, they could have had an opportunity to actually save for that down payment. I think deposits are pretty high now. I think you probably mm. need, especially in London, yeah. probably 20, 30K plus, something around that sort of mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then me and Wayne were just talking before we started. It's just like millennials really ultimately, there's no answer to this if you've got to find if you've got to live somewhere you've got to pay your rent but the the idea really is actually how can you go about well number one do you want to go move back in with parents which you spoke about earlier and actually mm. parents are pretty cheap so if you go back to the last <laughs> go back to the last few episodes you'll be able to see just how much parents are charging their kids to stay yeah. <laughs> um yeah comparatively but then if you haven't got that as a choice then you've got to figure out well then do you just super cheap rent with friends and keep your costs as minimal and mm. eat pretty much rubbish for the next few years to save up some money or the other idea which me and Wayne were just talking about is just like how do you find a way to start a side gig or a, a business that can kind of pay off that rent mm. for you in a little bit of time and then you've got your day job which then is what you're putting to one side to save so it's it's a tough one and I think ultimately it's something people have to do so they have to find somewhere to live yeah but when you put the numbers down like that and you think, wow, I could have had 70 to 100K in the bank saved and that's just gone on my living expenses, mm. it makes it really tough out there for millennials to find that deposit anyway to buy a place. Yeah. Did I ever tell you, probably around this time last year, that I actually calculated uh, my living costs if I actually moved back in with my mum and dad, um, but st was still working in London. So I was commuting to London yeah. for it was about two or three times a week because um, of the overnight shifts that I do at the hotel uh, or did at the time. Um, and I actually worked out that I would save probably about 300 quid a month. By actually commuting all the by way. By commuting all the way from Birmingham. Bloody hell. But I was like, well, the time that the commute will take probably doesn't justify it for just 300 quid. Plus, also, the fact that for my industry, all the opportunities are here, not in Birmingham. Plus, I now have a strong network here, so if I wanted to see friends, I'd have to, like... And I was kind of like, for the 300 quid, it's probably not worth it. But by but purely financially, yeah, I would have been better off. It's crazy. Than living... To, to live in Birmingham with my parents and commute to London every day. Well, not every day, two or three times a week. Yeah, it's mad. That's nuts. But I mean, it would be interesting because I know we were saying about your own side business you've started at the moment and mm. how much, where are you at in terms of it actually potentially being able to cover your, just your rent costs alone? So uh, I've worked out um, that if I actually break it down to weekly, how much I earn from that side gig, which I only put in about half a day a week at the minute into mm -hmm. um, with the aim of putting in more, but with it, all the plates I'm spinning, it's a bit tough. Um, but yeah, so I'm probably putting in about four or five hours a week into it, um, if that. And I'm earning around... Yeah, what percentage of your rent is it covering? Um, 50, 60% of my, 
my rent. Um, but yeah, so actually, and I was saying to you before we hit record, which is why you brought it up, actually, if I get one more client, mm-hmm. um, thereabouts, then it probably works out as covering my rent. Yeah, so ultimately, the goal of what we're saying here is like... One client. If, if you're looking to buy a place, not that everybody has to, but ultimately, everybody wants to be saving some money, whether it's just for your security or it's to save up for a deposit. Obviously either going trying to increase the amount of pay you get from your nine to five or your general whatever work you're doing or the other thing is starting a side gig and just Mm. like wayne said like just finding something that you can do that brings enough value that actually maybe just covers your rent on the side because you gotta think if you're not paying that rent which we've already spoke about some millennials parents are covering you've got a lot of disposable income it doesn't mean you have to spend it but actually it's money that now becomes opportunity money whether that is saving for a deposit mm. whether that is re-educating yourself upskilling yourself or if it is just to actually have that money in the bank to make you feel more secure yeah and uh if you're thinking if you're thinking yeah but i don't have time for that well we've got you covered <laughs> I'm going to plug this because we haven't plugged this in a <laughs> long-ass time. Uh, if you head over to powerfulnonsense.com, there's a little ebook on there that you can download for free, which it probably needs updating, actually. I've probably learned a lot since that was written. Uh, but it's called uh, How to Make Time for Your Side Hustle. You can just hop on. It's on the homepage, powerfulnonsense.com. Just click the download button, pop in your email address, and we'll ping it over to you. Yeah, cheeky plug there. Because we haven't plugged that in a long time. Um, okay, so uh, I think that covers it for the story of the week. So uh, let's just quickly hop into uh, some tech news. This is going to be a good one. So, research is coming out. More research, or more research about... Now we're talking about smartphones. Of course, we're talking about smartphones and how terribly addicted to them that we are and how just terrible the Mess, smartphone messing up is. our brain chemicals how how screwed up how screwed up all of these children are and these millennials because the smartphone is 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 the the modern equivalent to opium it's the devil um <laughs> I, I don't know i'm a bit i'm a bit cynical about all this stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yes essentially the there's science scientific medical uh, studies. This is a legit article from Scientific. From Science Daily. Science Daily. There you go. Um, that is basically saying it's true. We're addicted, and it's screwing us up. Those chemicals are all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go straight into what I'm going to say because uh, I feel like it might get a bit ranty. Uh, I want to know what you think first, Jen, before I say what I think. Well, I think it's obvious that people are addicted to their phones. It's like we can't even have like a moment of like rest or doing nothing. It's crazy like how quickly when you go, oh, I'm doing nothing, pick up your phone and do Mm -hmm. something. And I think nowadays, even like even I've noticed now when I'm sitting at home with my girlfriend and stuff like we might be just like one of us might pick up the phone, then the other one instantly picks up the phone. Then you're kind of pulled Mm -hmm. into this world of oh, swiping away. And then before you know, you're like, shit, we were only we were going to get something on netflix and the next thing i noticed is we've both been just swiping our phones for Mm. the last 30 minutes and you're like Mm -hmm. shit can we just focus on what we're doing so there is also research saying that obviously people's um potential um uh their focus and their attention spans are like decreasing massively because we want this sort of instant Mm -hmm. we want to swipe we want the answers you you feel something in your chest and suddenly you're googling am i going to die and you've got the answer right there and so Mm -hmm. I think we can't just ignore and say it's having no impact, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it is the future. So you can't kind of 
veer towards mm. actually this is terrible we should get rid of them you've got to kind of accept they are now part of our society mm. and it is how people are going to start consuming and communicating and so it's not about kind of saying okay it's fucking us up it's saying okay how do we kind of min- uh, m- mitigate how much it can actually mm. mess with our brain chemicals if that's mm. the case and i think it's i guess it goes back to whether like companies are going to be more responsible in terms of Again, we've spoke about in the past, like these companies are hiring psychologists and Mm -hmm. all kinds of people who know how our brains work, how to get our chemicals flowing. It's why people get addicted to Candy Crush and they play the games for like flipping hours. When I look on the train, how many people are like playing these games and blowing stuff up and crashing stuff into each other. And you're just like, wow, like they're made to be so addicted. They're made to kind Mm -hmm. of hold our attention. And I think, but then you can't blame the companies. It's also down to the person using it and saying, are you aware of what you're doing? That's why there's some great sort of apps available that will tell you Mm -hmm. what your usage is like. You look at your battery um, life on your iPhone, it can tell you what apps have been open the longest and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to kind of look into it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's responsibility is down to the person using it. I'm glad you said a lot of that stuff, Jen, because actually you've said a lot of the things that, I'm thinking, but in a much more eloquent, less ranty way than I'm about to say them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was saying to you before we hit record, and I, I want to elaborate on it because I said that I would. Um, I very much have uh, a view that language is very important and the language that we use is incredibly important. And I have come to the conclusion only in the last kind of week or so I think addiction is the wrong word to be using here. And you touched on actually what I think it is rather than addiction. Um, But I think addiction has become a loaded term now. And I think addiction implies completely out of control, completely dependent, completely... um, Negative. Yeah, almost, almost... When you think addicted, you think junkie, right? Yeah. And and I don't think that that is the right sort of term that we should be using and the right sort of visual that we should be using. However, um, it does create really nice clickbait titles to people to click on. So therefore, people make money out of ad revenue. But there we go. Um, I think actually, and again, you touched on it, um, the real thing that we should be talking about is attention deficit disorder. I'm not a big thing on ADD I think it's too easy to label people you've got ADHD or ADD or whatever you want to call it but what smartphone is doing and I was listening to a podcast only yesterday actually that was talking about this and the scientific way in which basically uh, with the brain the way that the brain works the brain creates physical pathways with things and and the brain's a very strange organ because you can program it and it creates these physical, like a circuit board. And reprogram it. <laughs> and, re- and reprogram it. Um, and this podcast, I can't remember which podcast it was, but they were talking about um, how the smartphone thing is affecting our brains physically. And what it is basically doing is it is, because it's because we want to pick up our phone, what we're doing is we're going, oh, I want to check what's going on elsewhere. Um, because actually the thing that we should be doing is less interesting than what might be on Twitter or what might be on Facebook or what might be on Instagram. So actually we kind of go, well, I could do that thing that I really don't want to do right now because it's boring um, and but important, but boring. 
or I could hop on Twitter and Facebook for like five minutes just to procrastinate for a second. And then what you do is you then continually start to do that. And then eventually what happens is your brain gets wired to actually physically wired to go, okay, uh, rather than focus, I'd rather pick up my phone. It creates like a feedback loop. Yeah. And so then what happens is that then you struggle to focus, which then of course means that you then, um, your brain starts going, well, you want to focus now, but the phone and it just, again, this feedback loop and eventually you get on this downward spiral, which is that's less about addiction. I mean, it is addiction, but it's less about addiction than it is about attention deficit. Right. Yeah. I think obviously what this article is saying though, it's like, it's saying, well, the chemicals given off in this feedback loop are mimicking those of addiction. Sure. So obviously sure. there, that's what they're coming from. But what you're saying you're obviously, again, like you say, addiction is a loaded word. I think this is creating compulsive behavior, which is rewarded, which is then actually giving us some chemical rewards, which is why at the same time, I think this whole meditation movement's kicking in is because mm. this whole, it's like the antidote to our yeah. attention deficit. It's like, okay, can you sit and focus on one thing without moving to the next? Yeah. And I think that's kind of like why meditation's kind of kicking off as well. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think it's it's interesting, isn't it, to see how, like one of the podcasts that I listen to is uh, Mac Power Users. Great podcast if you're into productivity and Apple products at the same time, which basically sums that. me up, really. The only <laughs> thing that could make that podcast better is adding a Star Wars element. But one of the hosts is a massive Star Wars fan, so occasionally it dips in. So it's just like <laughs> the perfect podcast for me. I feel like you're on the wrong podcast, Wayne. What are you, what are you doing here? Um, Did you send your CV and it just didn't? well no i haven't uh, well the the guys that do it they're they're, they're running a good show so i wouldn't want to you know steal their thunder um (laughs) (laughs) um, but um what was i going to say uh mac user productivity so um, in one of the podcasts uh, one of the things that that podcast now starting to talk about i mean they've been running for like nearly a decade they've done like 400 odd episodes and um one of the things that they're starting to talk about now is actually where do you draw the line? Where do you like notifications? How many notifications do you have? Are you turning them off? Uh, do you have a handwritten journal for, to write things down so that you're not constantly attached to your phone? And this is a podcast about using technology to make your life more efficient. That is the whole purpose of the podcast. And I think where we're getting to now in the zeitgeist, bearing in mind, like the smartphone thing is 10 years old, 10, one zero. And, um, and we, we've now, we now got to the point where we've had 10 years with these things to work out actually where the problems lie and what, what the difficult scenarios are that we're having to deal with. Um, there were talk, this podcast was talking about, you know, should we have, should we be able to have a feature on our iPhones where, where basically, cause our phone knows where we are, that basically when we leave the office, we tell it where the office is. And when we leave the office, our phone stops all emails related to that location coming through which would be very easy, theoretically at least, to implement. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that they're talking about that sort of stuff. And I think we've got to this point where we've come out of the other side of this first 10 years with smartphones and we're going, okay, there are a lot of negatives. But, and I believe, the positives completely, completely, completely outweigh the negatives. Where I get annoyed with this whole smartphone addiction thing, and I am going to go on a bit of a rant now, where I get annoyed about this smartphone addiction thing is there are far bigger addictions that are worse for people's health. They are worse for society. They're worse for everyone. 
And yet, a lot of people are putting a huge amount of focus on smart technology and how awful it is for us and how it's going to destroy us as people and human beings. And I just think, why are we not putting that same amount of effort and energy into things that are far more important, like actually the food industry in this country and how warped it is and how corrupt it is because there are organizations lobbying to governments around Europe saying, surely we need to be more honest about the health implications of the food that we're eating. Like having something fat-free on a fucking label for food but then being laced with sugar and mm-hmm. and then we and then we're like ignoring the fact that sugar addiction is so bad in this country but it's so easy to then go do you know what we're all addicted to our smartphones so we're all going to hell and it just <laughs> it winds me up it really winds me up because it's so easy to demonize technology because it's new and mm-hmm. i just think i i I think that's why more, I get so I think it's because it's more it. visual on a daily basis yeah. as well. And you hear people going, oh, look, like every time you're at a table with family, you're like, oh, look, what have we become? Everyone's got their phone out. Or mm-hmm. you look on the train, everyone's got their phone out. I think because it's so in our face and every day. And it's true. Like, I'm not going to deny that there is something going on that does need to be addressed. But I think also, and you touched it at the end of your point, is responsibility also has to go to the individual as well. Mm-hmm. And again, this is where the annoyance with all this addiction stuff comes to me because with sugar addiction, people go, well, just eat less sugar. (laughs) And it's like, well, that's great and all, but what about the food manufacturers? Can you tell them to stop lacing our food with sugar, please? And I just think, (laughs) but, but when it comes to smartphone addiction, it's like, Oh, Facebook's evil. And yeah, okay. Facebook are a little bit corrupt. We all know that. We've all known that for years. A little evil. Google the same, right? But, but, it's so much easier just to go, well, that's that organization is trying to corrupt people's minds and brainwash people because it's so, as you say, in your face visual. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's very hypocritical, the whole smartphone addiction thing. There's a problem. Yes. Needs to be addressed. Yes. Are we using the right language? No, definitely not. Are we actually trying to help people get less addicted to phones? I don't fucking think so. As the uh, quote at the beginning of the episode, do the obvious, put your phone down once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> There's a do not disturb feature on your phone. Use it. I do. Or even better. Well, not necessarily better because it winds me up that you do it. But airplane mode. (laughs) (laughs) Winds me up that you do it because I can never get in contact with you when I need you. It's my favorite mode. (laughs) To be honest, I might as well just brick my phone and just like, just hide it somewhere when it's on airplane. Get a Nokia 3310. That's what you should do. (laughs) Actually, that's a good shout. I might just get that. But then I've got, no, I don't even like talking on the phone. Mm -hmm. So I just use it. for. I need a pager. That's what I need. Bring back the pager. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've ranted enough on that. Um, okay, so let's talk about what millennials have been killing this week. So, a bit of a misnomer, really. Because, well, the, well, okay, which one should we do first? Because <laughs> there are two things that we want to touch on. I think let's start with what they actually have been killing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is great. So, um, big news. Big news, guys. This could shake up the whole bed industry. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Casper either, <laughs> which is not a sponsor of the show, but a great idea. Um, no, this is really going to shake up the bed industry. Uh, in fact, I, I I do wonder if this is ultimately what brought BHS down. 
<laughs> having as somebody that used to work on the home department of BHS and how much I had to deal with these things and put them on shelves. And when someone opened them out of the pack and you had to somehow get it back oh, in the pack. Mate, <laughs> there was nothing I hated more than that asshole that would come into the store and rip open the bedsheet package and like pull it out and like full on like flick it out and like full on have a good old, old look. A cream-coloured, plain bedsheet. No pattern on it. Nothing. Just you could it. see it was clear packaging. You could see that it was cream. And they still had to pull it out and have a look. And then Muggins here <laughs> would have to... <laughs> in a vacuum-packed, freaking package. And it had that one little piece... Because I was on the Matalan aisle in the homeware as well. Right. And they had that little piece of cardboard in there as well, just because it leans up against the cardboard. It was just, like, impossible. Well, once it's open, and then you've got this one... You've made all the aisle look beautiful, and then you've got this one pack that's just, like, exploding <laughs> like a bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners if you are one of those fuck faces that goes into a home store and pulls those bed sheets out i despise you to the core <laughs> saying that now so you should probably tell Sorry, them what... a bit of ptsd kicked yeah, in there, both there. <laughs> so this week millennials killed bed sheets yes i just I'm in agreement. Though. I think it's that bottom it's the, sheet. It's the bottom well, it's that, sheet. It's, it's that the top, what they call the top sheet, right? Yeah, the top sheet. That's the one. So you got your bed sheet. You got your mattress. Then you got your bed sheet. If if, if you if you're a bit incontinent, you might have the waterproof thing underneath <laughs> that. But you got the mattress. You got the incontinent thing. Then you got the bed sheet. <laughs> then you've got the top sheets. It's the bed sheet on top of the bed sheet. The little springy one at the corners. Is it that thing? No, because that's a. You worked in you worked in the home section, dude. You should know this. There's too many the, sheets. There's the fitted sheet, which is the one with the elastic thing, and that's the one that you can you literally you have to hook on the. But the that problem one's... with that is actually I think that's more annoying because you hook it on the one end, you hook it on another, <laughs> then you hook it on another, and you've you've just you, that last you get end, that, yeah. you get to number three, you just flick it over the third corner, <laughs> and then the opposite <laughs> corner pings off, and you're like, for fuck's sake! Then you have to dive over the bed. Should we kill that sheet as well? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, uh, so, so no, that's not the, because oh, the not. fitted sheet is still the bottom sheet. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's then, another one so that goes over that. Yeah. So you've got it's this sheet on top of the sheet. Okay. Have you ever had that? Probably. Have you been to a hotel where you've had that? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and millennials don't like it. They've had enough of it. For obvious reasons. Yes. Because as the article points out, it gets, you end up kind of getting tangled up in it because your bed sheet always kind of. If you hammer in a rough night's sleep, always kind of flings out from underneath the mattress, and then you're kind of like rolling around in your bed sheet, <laughs> and then you wake up wearing a fucking toga. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, apparently um, millennials are just, they're just... We're so practical. We're just like, what's the point of this? Get rid of it. Well, Cut it out. sheets are expensive as well, man. Egyptian cotton. I remember that one. That's it. Yeah. Egyptian cotton was all the, all the rage. It was. Back I then. don't know if it still is all the rage. <laughs> Egypt run out of I can't say I've or... bought a new bed sheet for quite some time. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So... Um, this is a fair one. I think Melinda's done a good job here. Yeah. These. It's so fucking superfluous and pointless to have a bed sheet on top of your bed sheet. Because <laughs> why not just use that bed sheet that you've put on top of the bed sheet as another bed sheet Plus, that you change in like a week's time? That's just another thing to put in the washing machine. Right. Got to wait for it to dry. Exactly. It's terrible. Pointless. We've Pointless. got so, so many other things on our plate to be dealing with extra sheets. <laughs> like, you're lucky if we even change our bed sheets. 
we'll probably change it and then be like, what is this extra sheet doing here? Who put it there? <laughs> no, if, if, if anything, probably what the, what the top sheet does is you take the top sheet off and you go, oh, I don't need to change my bed now. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, just like it's, a layer. It's a, new, it's a new bed sheet underneath. <laughs> you just peel your greasy top layer sheet off. <laughs> Like that little, that little, uh, tr- that tracing paper stuff they put in, like uh, the chips you get, the fries yeah. in a little chip box. You just peel that away. Oh, it's, it's nice and clean under here. That's what they need to do. Just layered bed sheets and you just peel it off. And no, you can't throw it away because that's just going to take too much. Recyclable bed sheet. Yeah, that's not, that's not very, yeah, uh, not eco friendly. Eco friendly of you. But if you could recycle it, that'd be good. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. So, but, but there is also something else that we want to talk about in this segment. Which is actually, are millennials actually killing anything? That in some ways they're killing them, not in a killing murderous way, but they are just saying, I don't want this. It doesn't fit into my life. And so as a byproduct of their new ethics or new ways of doing things, things are dying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but specifically uh, referring to um, an article from the New Hampshire Business Review uh, from earlier on in March. I was going to say this month, but actually it's the end of the month and this episode is not going out for a couple of weeks. So in March, um, an article titled We Don't Kill Industries, which is actually making the point that that like with the bedsheet, <laughs> we see a lot of pointless stuff and we're like, meh, why do we need that? But then equally... What we're seeing as a generation, millennials I'm talking about, um, is we're seeing that actually people are seeing problems with the system, flaws in, uh, uh, and by the system, I'm not talking like the matrix, I'm talk- I mean more just kind of like whatever, the, the status quo, let's go with the status quo. Um, they're seeing flaws in the status quo in whatever industry they're looking at, and then they go, well, actually, surely there's a better way, and then creating whole businesses around said better way like we said last episode about the old well a few episodes back about bringing back the milkman yeah like, you know what we don't want to use so much plastic here's the milkman with his glass bottles or plant-based water, uh, plant-based milks or something like that or what else are they killing or so-called killing even like tesco i'm not tesco's toys are us going bus and stuff mm. like that well we actually we can buy our stuff online rather than go to a massive store mm-hmm. that gets killed and it's just practicals okay Millennials are eating out so much and they want stuff delivered to the house. Yeah, because actually it's better for me to get a box delivered to my house with all the ingredients rather mm. than me traipse around the supermarket that moves everything every other week so that you actually focus on what you're buying and you actually have to mm. physically go through more aisles than you need to because mm. they've realized marketing-wise people shop or buy more when things are moved every so often. Oh, actually, I'll just get it ordered to my house delivered done or actually you know what i'll just go and deliver or uber eats and just get a yeah. meal delivered to me it's going to cost just as much as me having to make it myself and then have to do all the washing up after and then have to cook and after that you're like you know what i just order it in so it's just millennials are moving towards things that they think are more practical more ethical less time consuming and so actually yeah i think we're killing industries for the right reason and obviously of that becomes business opportunities as well mm. It's a, we're just kind of going through a transition of a, it's just like this paradigm shift, right? In that just like, in the way that like everybody 10 years ago was like, oh, digital revolution, digital revolution. And now I feel like we're in the last three or four years, we've really got into the main swing of it. If you look at like 
if you look back in history, like the Industrial Revolution, how massively things changed during that period of time. That's all we're going through here. Like the status quo just cannot, there's just no room for complacency anymore. And I think it's all on blast. It's all like mm. anything that's going on. Like I speak to my mum and she's like, yeah, but you never used to question that back in the day. And millennials are like, no, but I can just search and realise, oh no, there is a better way. Why the hell are yeah. we doing it like this? And so because all these industries are suddenly exposed, millennials are going, yeah, I'm not going to do that because that makes no sense at all. Mm. And then that industry dies. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, because sometimes I'm like, and I don't know... It's interesting because I think there's so much going on. We've kind of in this perfect storm, right, with things. But because even it's, it's just like simple things. We're not even necessarily um, you going to Google to find stuff. But I think just as a generation, like we're just sitting there and occasionally going, hang on a second. And then we whip out a calculator and we go, well, that makes no financial sense for me at all. Or surely that's not very efficient. And just like... I think we we have a more tendency just to, and maybe it is because we've been able to Google everything, but we just have this tendency as a generation, I feel, just to kind of, just to question everything and just go, is this the best way we can actually do something or is there actually a better way? And I think that's kind of ingrained in us. Mm. I'm not entirely sure where that's come from, to be honest with you, because... I think it's... It's, it's not from school. No, because I think it's once... I think, as you say, millennials are pushed into a corner in a lot of aspects of life. And so you're either going to just take it or you're going to be like, no, 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 wait a minute. This day's got... If, if I'm screwed either way, I might as well mm. question whether there's a better way to do things. Because like you say, schools haven't taught you to question. But I think it's the... the it's being pushed into that corner, that pressure that's been put on us has made us go, well, this is impossible. If I just accept this, I'm screwed. And so yeah. it, it forces you to go, no, 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 we must be able to do something a little bit better. And I think because there's so much that we want to change or that we see as being better for the future that we kind of have to question, we have to figure out. Because like, I think it because we're so exposed, like we said many times, like we're so exposed to so much that's going wrong, it kind of it sits it heavy in our chest when we realise to feel like helpless, like we can't do anything about it. And so there you say, like with the Google, we can question stuff. And I think that's ultimately why we're just like, no, 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 I'm going to actually look into this and how I can make things better. But then who knows, there are still a lot of people holding on to old ways of doing things. It, it surprised me even with like the whole um, electric cars slowly come, each company is bringing out their own electric car. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's kind of like really shifted quickly, I think. You I know think, why that shifted quickly though, don't you? I'm going to get conspiracy theory on you here. Pro I don't know, there's probably, well, I just see it as, but a lot of companies are like banging on about millennials, number one. And then it's kind of that protecting yourself in the future. They're thinking, shit, we better be the first people millennials are going to go to us. Obviously, Tesla was a massive kind of marketing advert for electric mm -hmm. cars. But then I'm pretty sure. And then that's another thing. Millennials are like, when you see like stats on how much um, electric, like solar, uh, yeah, solar fields and stuff like that, or wind turbines, if you had a certain percentage of the world, I think it was like 0.05% covered of the world, that would power the whole world. And you see stats like that, you're like, wait a minute, so why are we doing it the other way? Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of conspiracy if you want to. Yeah, I'm not even going to go into it. I think you've said enough to hint at exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So people are holding on to that older system uh -huh. and a man was going, wait a minute, why am I so screwed? And like we said earlier, if rents are so high, but then we've got the capabilities to reduce bills to pretty much zero, make everything electric, mm. that has a massive opportunity for millennials. And I think millennials are saying, 
yeah, you're taking the piss, mate. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. you're taking the piss and we're not going to stand for it. But at the same time, we, we're still pushing up against an old system. And mm. I think that's each generation after us is going to keep pushing harder and saying, like, what do you mean we still have to have electricity? What do you mean we're mm. using coal to produce? What do you mean when we've got batteries that can store this much power? Why are we doing it this way? And I think slowly by slowly, industries are getting exposed. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what society... And the world is like in 10 or 15 years time, maybe 20 years time, when we're like about 40 odd. So we're kind of in the prime of all of our careers. And, and essentially our generation is the one in charge. And I, I do very a lot recently. I've been thinking like, what is that world going to be like? Because there is a lot of like, why the hell? Like the people going on about young people um, going like, talking about how screwed everything is even in a political sense um and just kind of going the system is broke (laughs) guys why aren't you listening and i think when we're in that position where we can actually i do sometimes wonder how much will change or how much will stay the same it always intrigues me always well it depends whether that generation before have enough who are the ones who can make bigger big choices i managed to kind of reflect their own values onto those millennials Mm because i guess you get tainted as you kind of right so it depends whether you can kind of keep that sort of optimistic mentality once you move up and maybe you only take the reins when you take on that older mentality but Mm. who knows i think i think millennials have it in the bag to do good things so i think so Right, shall we wrap up there? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I feel like we should. We covered a lot there. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so as always, um, thank you very much for listening. And um, if you would like to leave us a review, because we haven't had one for a while, actually, I haven't checked. This maybe week. we'll have a look. Maybe maybe somebody snuck one in. But if you haven't left a review, please do. Uh, you can do so through the podcast app uh, on your iphone or uh through stitcher if you're listening on stitcher or whatever other platform there's probably a review process in there um if you could leave us a review five stars or more would be greatly appreciated and because uh, it just really helps to get the show in front of new people which really makes us feel very happy um if you have any thoughts on what we're talking about twitter is a good place to have a discussion at pn underscore podcast or you can email us i'm wayne at powerfulnonsense.com gem is gem at powerfulnonsense.com spelt c-e-m and uh that's it that's it that's all i'm gonna say so um thanks for listening and um we'll we'll catch you next time see you later